Uh, hey guys, what is up? They can't answer you back. They don't have <laughs> microphones, dude. Well, they can talk to their phone or headphones or car or whatever. Yeah, sure. Be that person <laughs> that talks to their podcast. <laughs> so sad. Um. Yeah. Anyway, we just wanted to say hi and uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, happy New Year. What What else do people celebrate this time of year? Um. I think we should just say happy holidays or else <laughs> we're we'll leaving someone out. <laughs> racist. Okay. <laughs> Where we're from, we can't even say happy new year definitively because in Nepal, there's so many new years. That's so true. Not everybody celebrates the new year that we're celebrating. Okay, I feel like, though, people are open minded. They're, they're happy when you say happy new year <laughs> at that time and at Chinese new year and at Tibetan new year and at Noari new year and at Nepali new year. Nepalis just love to party it up. Exactly. As many excuses as you can to celebrate New Year's, I'll take it, dude. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we are uh, both in crazy different places traveling for Christmas. Me, Big, I am in Los Angeles, California, which feels like a tropical vacation sometimes. Um, <laughs> even though it's actually like the same temperature as it is in Nepal right now. It's just <laughs> I have an insulated house with a heater, so it's, I'm yes. only wearing one pair of pants. It's very exciting. <laughs> yes, it makes a difference. Who knew? What are you up to for Christmas, White? Um, I am heading back to Arkansas, which I'm really excited about. Uh, it's been a year and a half since I've been back, and it's been the whole three years since I've celebrated Christmas with my family. Wow. So I am going to Northwest Arkansas. I'm renting an Airbnb for 10 people. That is the same price that I rented an Airbnb for one person in Paris for one oh my gosh. <laughs> So I'm very excited about that. Um, it has Razorback football team memorabilia all over the walls, oh but gosh. it's fine. We'll just pretend that it's Christmas decorations and move on. I love that. That's amazing. How long will you be there for? I will be there a month. Oh, that's pretty long. Yeah, I'm looking forward to reconnecting with my family again. And all of my nieces and my nephew always get humongous in the time that I'm gone. So looking forward to hanging out with them yeah i'm not gonna lie i'm really looking forward to baking some christmas cookies mm. and some pies because mm. i usually do that in Kathmandu, and i don't have a, any time to do that before i leave so yeah well have you done anything christmasing so far this december um i think the most christmasy thing that i have done is listen to christmas music Ooh. which i mean it counts oh yeah so i held off uh, i was just on survey for a month so i held off until I was in the bus coming back to Kathmandu, and then I listened to Christmas music mm. for like six straight hours. That's amazing. <laughs> and then I was alone in the office, and I blasted Christmas music from my computer without headphones for <laughs> six straight hours. So, important question. What kind of Christmas music do you listen to? Do you listen to, like, religious, uh, secular, like, classic, modern? Like, what's your vibe? I am very particular about my Christmas canon. Like, <laughs> like only, uh, what's his name? Um, Bing Crosby, because yes. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, I grew up listening to like the same 
records and the same little tapes that we would listen to every single year Mm. when we were decorating the tree. And so that was like Bing Crosby, Gene Autry, kind of like the Rat Pack kind of. Yeah. 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 Okay. But here's the really important question. What about Beach Boys Christmas? (laughs) No. (laughs) Because we listen to that every year when we're putting up the tree and it is a gem. And I think that that is right and well for people who dwell in Los Angeles. That's true. But people who are in Hardy, Arkansas, maybe should stay away from that. (laughs) You don't want any mentions of palm trees in your Christmas music, huh? No. You know, their voices are just so high. It's just, it's too, it's too dangerous to have that high pitch when you're putting delicate ornaments on the tree (laughs) oh my dad sings the falsetto parts don't you worry (laughs) oh my gosh my dad would totally do that that's another good reason to not do it (laughs) protect yourselves yeah oh man well let me tell you i have not really been in the christmas spirit this year i haven't listened Mm -hmm. to any christmas music i did watch a christmas story good but the most christmasy thing that i have done so far which was amazing, was I went ice skating outdoors in downtown Los Angeles. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yep, it was really good. And I went with a Canadian, so he was like skating in circles around everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Because everyone's like from, you know, LA, which is warm. People like aren't good at ice skating. So all the adults even are like grabbing onto the sides and trying not to fall over. And uh, he told me I was the second best person on the ice rink, so I felt uh, pretty cool. (laughs) But it was like, I mean, it was like, Uh, it was kind of a warmer day, too. Like, the last few days here have been a little cooler, like low 50s, high 40s, like around, I don't know, 5 degrees Celsius. But that day it was in the 60s, so it was like (laughs) high teens, low 20s Celsius. (laughs) The the ice like wasn't even fully ice, there was like water on top of it. Oh, man. It was pretty great, though. Well, that's pretty Christmassy, though. Yeah. At least you did that. I felt proud. Yeah. If you don't look up from the ice, then it feels very Christmassy. <laughs> yeah. There was, like, um, lots of lights shaped like trees and stuff, but then just behind them, like, a bunch of palm trees and then the L.A. skyline. <laughs> and I was like... Yes. Uh... Asked the Canadian I was with, like, how does this feel? Have you ever seen a palm tree while ice skating? And he's like, I, I can't. <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> but anyway, well, we just wanted to say hi, check in, let you guys know what we're up to, and say hope you have a really, really amazing holiday season. Yeah. You can celebrate with us, too. Message us about what you're going to do for Christmas and make us super jealous of what we're not doing for Christmas. Yes, please do. And if it's real good, we'll repost it. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. All right. Enjoy the episode. Hi, I'm Big. And I am White. And together we are Big and White. And you are listening to the Big and White Podcast, a podcast where we explore what it means to be a foreigner in Asia. So what are we talking about today, White? Today, Big, we're talking about the millennial struggle where we complain about baby boomers. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, so today is actually inspired by one of our listeners who is about to move to Nepal herself. And she she asked us how we would respond when we get questions like, 
why would you leave America? I, I feel like all millennials end up wanting to live overseas. Why would you leave America when there's so much work to be done here? So we were like, we could do an episode about that. And here it is before you guys. We're doing it. Amazing. Incredible. See, we listen to you guys. We listen to our listeners. Sometimes. We're just ready to steal all of your ideas. <laughs> so true. Message us. Yeah, we'll we'll incorporate it. <laughs> Before we move on to the main part of our episode, why, how are you, man? You know, I'm doing okay. I'm pretty exhausted these days, but... (laughs) That was enthusiastic. Yeah. I mean, I'm exhausted. Work is pretty difficult Mm -hmm. right now, and I'm ready for a holiday. Yes. But I'm not going to get one, well... I mean, I guess I'll get one for two days, but <laughs> hardly I counts. won't get another day off until Christmas. Oh, man. <laughs> so, that's rough. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, but let's see. What do I want to talk about today? Oh, yes. For all of the things that are difficult for me right now living in Kathmandu, there are some major perks that have just come into my life. Yeah. And you guys, I need to share it with you. Oh my gosh, tell me. So there are donuts in Nepal. A lot of the kind of donuts that are popular here tend to just be like straight up fried bread with some like sugar on top. And then there are some other ones that are, you know, they're really good, but they're like filled donuts, which are not my favorite kind of donuts. I don't know. I'm picky spoiled i guess but last week cake donuts came to nepal (gasps) what for the first time cake donuts have come (laughs) i feel like i i like should react for you but i actually don't like cake donuts so i'm doing my best yeah that's okay did that sound authentic i'm yeah i under i get it not everybody likes cake donuts i am a big texture person and i think that cake donuts make the best texture like Mm. sour cream original glazed cake donuts Mm, that is the best specific yes i know what i like and i'm not afraid to admit it But there's this donut. It's actually like a donut and burrito place. Yeah. That's on our side of town in Lalitpur. And it's called Workshop Eatery. Mm-hmm. And their burgers are good, too. Yes, their burgers are good. And um, and they just happen to make, I think, or we think, are you in agreement with me on this, that they are the best donuts in Nepal? Uh, Yeah, I think they're the best donuts. Well, there's also that Korean place. Eden, that Garden is good. Of Eden, yeah. something is that the right name? Hesed? That's totally the wrong name. <laughs> yep, not even close. <laughs> That's a vegan restaurant in Portland, everyone. <laughs> yeah, Hesed. There is also Hesed. They're good too. <laughs> yeah, I think they're in competition, but I like workshops, other foods, so yeah. I always go there. Yeah, exactly. I don't ever just like, I very rarely just go out for donuts, mm-hmm. so it makes more sense when you're already going out for a burrito. You're like, ooh. Donut. Cool. Mine as well. Yeah, burrito's not enough food. I should get a donut, too. <laughs> I know, right? Their burritos are humongous. <laughs> they're kind uh, of like, I feel like they're kind of Chipotle-esque, like the style yeah. of the restaurant, Yeah, if that makes sense to people. 
Have you had their breakfast yet? They started serving breakfast, No, right? they serve, they've been serving <laughs> breakfast for like a year and a half, and I still haven't gone. <laughs> they don't have great, like, seating, though. That's true, yeah. Like, I wouldn't just go there and hang out because they don't, they have very limited seating, and it can get kind of hot in there. Mm-hmm. But their food is so good that we go anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah. We'll fight for tables. Sacrifices. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so they... They're always bringing in new donuts. And um, last week they posted on their Instagram that cake donuts came. (laughs) Uh, uh, They have cake donuts now. (laughs) And um, I went in within like two hours (laughs) of seeing that Instagram post because I didn't want to like. You like left work immediately. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I wanted to play it a little bit cool. Two hours, that's not very cool. Come on, wait. (laughs) (laughs) I also messaged them on Instagram, too, and was like, I've been waiting for cake donuts to come to Nepal for years. (laughs) Okay, but tell our listeners what you did. You messaged them from the big and white Insta so that they wouldn't recognize (laughs) you when you immediately then went into the store. That's the real reason we started this entire podcast. We were really playing the long game with this one. That's right. We wanted to be able to anonymously message other accounts. <laughs> yeah, it really worked out oh, well man. for me. And I figured that they would also post it to their story, which they did. And I was like, I cannot take the shame of everyone who follows me on Instagram knowing <laughs> that it was me, <laughs> like the weird white girl who loves donuts. Shame or glory. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I've gotten to enjoy cake donuts. I'm not going to lie. They're not exactly the same as ones that I have had in North America. Mm, Okay. But they're closer than anything else I've had in not North America. So I'll take it. Good. Yeah. I have faith in Workshop. They make amazing food. They do. They really do. They're not a sponsor, but they could be. Mm. Oh, if only. Are you listening, Workshop? <laughs> Please sponsor We'll us. get back to you. <laughs> anyway, so that's me. Cake donuts, very, very healthy, balanced mm. lifestyle, all mm-hmm. of that. What about you, Big? Sounds fabulous. Well, I am in the midst of hanging out in Portland, enjoying all the cool things there are to do here. The fall colors are insane and amazing i kind of forgot how great fall is because we don't have fall in nepal we really don't i posted about this on instagram actually the closest fall colors that we had was the spike in air pollution making it red and orange yeah (laughs) Yeah. good but let me tell you i feel like this is the first time i've really noticed this but i've been hanging out with lots of different people and kind of you know like reconnecting with folks that I haven't seen for a while. Every single person I know has a two-year-old baby. I swear to God. <laughs> and they weren't there the last time you were there, and suddenly they have a two-year-old. I know. Even my friend adopted a kid, and he's also two. <laughs> but yeah, I like kids, so it's fun to meet my friend's kids and hang out with them and stuff, but... 
it's kind of a strange feeling, especially I think it's starting to add up because it's so many of my friends have kids mm-hmm. that I'm like, wow, our lives are so different. And like looking at them and thinking that could have been my life or I mean, in the future, it still could be. But, you know, mm-hmm. if I had never gone to Nepal, you know, I probably would have gotten married and have approximately a two year old child right now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's just like a weird reminder that my choices to live overseas and do this work have put me on a different trajectory and timeline. Mm. So it's kind of made me assess, like, am I glad about that? And, oh, speaking of, I don't know if you can hear my friend's kid in the background. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's making me think, like, do I feel like I made the right choice? You know, like, would I go back and change any choices in the past that I've made to... Mm -hmm with different jobs and moving and stuff. And I think the answer is no, I would not change anything. So, well, that's good. All your podcast listeners are happy. That's true. The podcast would not exist. So no, you'd have some other <laughs> podcast about your two year old, probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, despite kind of wishing I had a family right now, just because seeing everyone else is making me wish that. Yep, yep. I don't regret my choices. You're welcome, everyone. Yeah, well. But anyway, speaking of making choices to take different career paths and live overseas and such, should we get to the topic of the episode? Yeah, let's do it. Well, it was sooner or later in this podcast that we'd end up doing an entire episode about millennials because... (laughs) Sooner or later, every single conversation leads to what it's like to be a millennial and how misunderstood we are. It's so true. I am more of a prototypical millennial. You are, yeah. In terms of age. Just for context, I don't know if people, if we've talked about this before, people know what age range includes millennials. It's approximately people who are like in their mid-30s now is the high end, and then people who are in their mid-20s. Maybe a little bit younger, 23, 24. It's kind of the low end of who counts as millennials. So me, big, I'm on the higher end and I like to call myself an elder millennial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's also another term that I've seen that's called zenial, which starts with an X. It's basically like in between Gen X and millennial. So it's people who didn't start using internet and cell phones until high school or college. So we grew up without like any technology, but we still have a lot of millennial qualities as well. Whereas white is more the classic millennial age range. Yep. Except that I grew up in rural Arkansas and I was very poor. So I didn't have quite all of the access to technology. That's probably why you and I get along so well. Yeah. (laughs) Your secret zenial. I think dial up lasted a lot longer in my part of the world than it did basically anywhere else <laughs> cute it was called pokinet pokinet if that tells you anything like if that's what you're going to name your company it's not a good sign Wait, that was the legit name yeah yep <laughs> that's amazing because it was out of a town called pocahontas but uh, let's be honest there were other reasons <laughs> it was fate Ugh. yes it was Okay, so now that we've set up that we both are millennials, whether on the younger side or the elderly side. Whether we want to admit it or not. Yeah. 
why is it exactly that millennials would be the topic of traveling abroad, right? Like I see it seems like specifically people target why are millennials or why are you since we're both millennials? <laughs> why are you moving overseas when there's so much work left to be done here in the States or mm. in insert your own home country? What makes millennials like such an easy target, would you say? Well, White, did you know that millennials are 23% more likely to travel abroad than their older counterparts? What? That's <laughs> crazy talk. I read an article that said it, so it must be true. <laughs> so when we decided to talk about this topic, I looked it up online and it makes sense logically, but I had never thought about it before. But it seems like this is something that everyone is asking, like, Millennials do travel more, and why is that? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting. I mean, I think part of it is just a shift in our expectations of what a good life looks like. We'd rather spend money on experiences than like save up and buy a home or whatever. Yeah, as evidenced by all of our avocado toast and our <laughs> living at home with our parents, <laughs> and why there's always articles like. Millennials have ruined the paper towel industry. <laughs> <laughs> Millennials have ruined the diamond industry. I'm like, well, oh well. <laughs> Sorry, we just have other priorities. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of well known that millennials have a stronger desire to have a good work-life balance and a job that feels really meaningful and, you know, we aren't just focused on being monetarily successful quite as much mm -hmm. as the generation before us. Mm -hmm. And so moving abroad is a great way to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Try and get super materialistic and collect lots of things when you're constantly thinking about the next time you're going to have to pack up all of your belongings. <laughs> That's true. It forces you to be Marie Kondo your life all the time. <laughs> Even if you do develop, you know, a scarcity mentality for the rest of your life. You will hoard uh, rice cakes, but nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> rice cakes, makeup, maybe. Mm -mm. Toiletries. Deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, some of these articles had lists of like different reasons that people might move abroad. A lot of it is logical, but I wouldn't have thought of it on my own. Like, one of them is that often living abroad is cheaper than living in your home country. Mm. So you are able to kind of get the best of both worlds of like, you have a job that maybe isn't quite as demanding, you know, isn't making you work like 60, 80 hours a week, but you're still making enough money to live a pretty good life where you can eat out a lot, or you might be able to afford to buy property, or yeah, you just have a little bit more disposable income depending on the type of work that you're doing in the country that you're living in. Yeah, and I would also say that most millennials are probably looking for a different, I mean, just work environment in general. Like, I feel like the mm. the prototypical job used to be this cubicle office job, and now more and more people are looking for a type of job that allows them to, I don't know, I guess kind of have more holistic approach to work and life. Mm. Yeah, I guess a better balance with 
your work hours and other pursuits. A lot of people ha- kind of have side hustles now, too. <laughs> yeah, too. So it's like the entire point is not just to have your career mm-hmm. and move up the ladder within that. It's that you're kind of approaching it as your job as being one part of this entire holistic life that you're building. Yeah, that's true. And like with the side hustle thing, I think just the because of the internet, there's so much more opportunity to work remotely. Mm-hmm. So if you have a job or you just work online, I mean, you can live anywhere. Yeah. So it's even just more possible for people to live overseas than it was before. I mean, maybe more Gen X and baby boomers like wanted to live overseas, but they couldn't. Right. That's a really long commute. You know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the articles that I looked up um, called it bleasure, which leisure? is the grossest word, but it's um, business and leisure. Hmm. So like mixing your travel that you would do for work with vacation or leisure travel. Yeah, apparently bleasure travel Ew. is the new cool thing. Should oh. I say it again? Bleasure. Nobody who actually uses that term or coined that term has ever been a bleasurist. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ew. Sorry, a bleasurist if you're British. That's true. Yeah. That's some like baby boomer sitting in the office at Huffington Post <laughs> coined this term. Good job, HuffPost. Mm. Well done. Yep. Reliable as always. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, besides those kind of practical things, too, I think millennials are just more interested in learning about the world in general and broadening their perspective on life and kind of connecting with other cultures and stuff. Mm -hmm. And living overseas is a super good way to do that. Yeah, I feel like more than ever before, right? Like, especially people... Not just people who grew up in cities, but people, you know, like me who grew up in small towns where everybody looks and sounds the same as you pretty much. Mm -hmm. You're more and more interconnected with people around the world. and Right, because of the internet and technology. You know, oftentimes that comes with curiosity. Yeah. Not all the time, but often (laughs) you want to actually know what life is like in these other places of other people you interact with. Mm, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, actually, another thing that one of the articles mentioned that is totally true for me, but not on purpose, (laughs) is that people who are frustrated with politics in the U.S. (laughs) are moving overseas more. Mm -hmm. Like, on any side, it's not not just one political party. But, I mean, I kind of did that accidentally, I feel like, because I moved overseas before politics got real crazy in the U.S. (laughs) I moved to Nepal in 2014. And it's kind of been nice to be away. It's like, you know, I can read up on it and stuff, but I don't have to be in the thick of it all the time. You lucky dog. I know. (laughs) I really, I timed that well. I timed it absolutely terribly because when I was leaving America, like both Big and I went to the same university for our linguistics training um, and it was in Canada And when I left America to move to Canada, I went to my gym to close my membership and they asked me why. And I said, oh, well, I'm moving to I'm moving out of the country. And they said, oh, is it because Trump is running for president? (laughs) 
I was like, what if I supported him? Like, you guys don't know me. Like, you can't say stuff like that. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> that also would have been, like, very preemptive. Like, <laughs> he hasn't even won yet, and I'm leaving the country. I know. Oh, that's <laughs> committed. <laughs> And then he won, and I moved out of the country like two <laughs> months later. <laughs> so we're finding out the real reason you love to marry <laughs> Yeah, right. You've been holding back on Again, me all this time. Again, playing for the long haul. <laughs> <Yeah>. <sighs> that is true, though, because even when I was moving, like, had absolutely nothing to do with politics when I was moving, but people were like starting to consider moving themselves just because they didn't like the way that the political climate was changing, mm -hmm. which kind of blew my mind. I'm like, you guys don't know how hard it is out there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like, a big mm. commitment to make just because you don't like the politics at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. I'm still disgusted by the business and leisure. 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 Pleasure? <laughs> leisure. Do you ever say it leisure? I don't say leisure. That sounds really pretentious to me. <laughs> now I'm confused. I think they're both correct. It's probably just a dialect thing. Somebody must say it like that. I know that Brits say it like that because I got made fun of mercilessly this summer for saying leisure. Oh, really? And they were like, <laughs> um, it's leisure. It's leisure. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. As in pleasure, travel is more popular than ever amongst millennials. Is pleasure worse than pleasure? <laughs> Not sure. I think pleasure sounds better. Pleasure. No, neither of them. It sounds too much like pleasure. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. Okay, we need to move on. <laughs> I'm getting stressed Excuse out. me, can I give you some pleasure? <laughs> Bar for real. Bar As my mom would say. Oh, mom. I hope she's listening. She's probably not listening. She's not. <laughs> she hasn't even listened to one episode. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Those baby boomers, I tell you. Anyway, what else you got? Well, I, you know what I got? I got a question for you. Why? Yeah. Why did you move overseas? Mm, I moved overseas because, actually, I don't even know why. I <laughs> always, always have wanted to live overseas. Yeah. You know, I didn't really like, I never really like left the country. I went to Mexico one time, but mm -hmm. I, you know, didn't grow up like traveling internationally or anything. But I always, I don't know, I think that was like, I wanted to do something worthwhile. And that was the most dramatic thing <laughs> that I could do was to go somewhere like, of course, you know, I was like 10 years old. So I was like, well, that's obviously going to be some village in Africa that I'm going to go to. Right, for sure. Yeah. And that did not exactly pan out for me. But <laughs> you moved to a super urban area in Asia instead. <laughs> yes, exactly. But for me, I think it was more ultimately like me moving to Nepal was based on just the fact that I found linguistics when I was in university mm. and absolutely fell in love with linguistics and was like, well, what do I do with this? Oh, I could document languages, you know, these small language communities and yes, we do have some in the state still, like my professor in university his research project has been working with a very small, dying Native American language community. Mm. Like, I could have done that, but ultimately I felt like, I don't know, what matches better with my personality is somewhere like Nepal. 
Mm -hmm. So I don't exactly know how to explain it, but when you know, you know. (laughs) True. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Yeah. I mean, I I think for me, that kind of demonstrates a little bit, you know, at the beginning, you said people ask, why go abroad when there's so much work to do here? I mean, my answer for that is like both are legit, you know, Mm. but I mean, yeah, you could do like really cool linguistic work in the States. Or you could do really cool linguistic work abroad. And mm-hmm. it's not like one is better than the other right. or one is more important than the other or something. I mean, specifically in our line of work, there's a lot more places, a lot more languages abroad. But Yeah, I feel like I probably could have stayed in the States and things would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it actually does sometimes come down to just temperament. Like, not everybody does want to move overseas. Like, it's one thing to be a millennial and, you know, be traveling and, like, touring around the world or, you know, going with your friends and, you know, having a job that's flexible enough that you can experience other places. It's an entirely different experience to move somewhere Mm, for for years and live Mm cross-culturally and work. So, and not everybody has the temperament for that. Yeah. And... That's totally okay. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, if you do actually, if that is something that's actually interesting to you, then heck yeah, like go for it, man. Right. Like there's not that many people in the world that are doing what we're doing right now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There's so few people. <laughs> Aren't there like fewer we know most of them. language researchers than there are astronauts or something? <laughs> If we want to make ourselves sound really cool, then we can say that regardless. So (laughs) (laughs) what would you say kind of spurred you to end up moving? I think for me, it was a lot of different factors. I mean, my family has traveled a lot and my dad actually grew up overseas. His parents were working as missionaries in Guatemala. So I've just like being abroad has felt normal to me. Um, since being a kid and I always wanted to move overseas, but I actually was thinking about this when you were saying how in past generations, people had more of a career oriented mindset and they worked in cubicles and stuff. And I did that for a while. Mm. (laughs) I worked in a cubicle and then I wanted to die a little bit. (laughs) So (laughs) I think for me too, that was a pretty motivating factor of like, wow, this could be my life and I don't want it to be like, I want to do something or I don't know, maybe that was just a good time in my life to move on to something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I don't think that my life was not meaningful when I lived in the States. when I lived at home, I mean, I had great connections with lots of people and I volunteered at a homeless shelter and I was really involved in my community here, but I also like the idea of, yeah, like I said, that millennials want to have meaning in their work, right? Like I like the idea of doing a job that I enjoyed, but that I also felt was meaningful and helpful to people who maybe don't have a voice for themselves. Mm -hmm. But yeah, to me, I don't necessarily feel like working abroad is more meaningful or more useful than working at home. It's just different. Yeah. And I also don't feel like choosing to live abroad now means that I'll never live in the States right. again either. Right. And it's not like an either or choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I have, I, I guess I have one more thing to ask you. Is 
Do you get this question a lot? Like, do you feel a lot of pressure from people that live in the States? Like, oh, why would you move abroad? Like, that's a waste of time and money or something. <laughs> or do you feel like you get more of like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. You're, you live abroad. You're amazing. <laughs> I think that I got it a lot more when I was telling people that I would move overseas. Mm -hmm. You know, because there was a whole how many years of when, especially when I was in college and I kind of had more of a formulated plan on what I was going to do after university and move, you know, when I knew I was going to move to Asia, then, yeah, a lot of people, you know, I'm at the prime of my life just starting out on my career. <laughs> and they're like, why would you go to Nepal? Where even is Nepal? <laughs> There's so much to be done here. And I probably didn't have a very nice answer for them. But... <laughs> I don't know. Now that I've been here a few years, I don't feel like people question me like that. And maybe it's partially because I have only been home one time in the three <laughs> years that I've lived here. <laughs> that might have something to do with it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I think also that now people are probably the more because I send out newsletters, you know, I try to keep up with people as much as possible. So I think really that after a few years of them watching me, mm. of you know, like me being the the representative person who lives overseas, I would like to think that they're learning more about, you know, what kind of worthwhile work or knowing that, oh, you know what, White's doing really well. I think she does really well in that context. Maybe it's worthwhile yeah they get so, to see yeah like examples of it being a good path for you right that's what i hope anyway yeah that's cool do you still get this question or have you gotten this um not much yeah i have a couple people in my life i think mostly it's people that feel like they want help with what they're doing here <laughs> you know? like, mm -hmm. like yeah you know I, I have one friend specifically that lives in portland and like for him, he's really passionate about connecting with people in Portland that maybe need, yeah, like the homeless population or just people that are lonely and need more community. And like for him, Portland is his, it's not just the city that he lives in. It's kind of his area of focus and his like, I guess you could say like mission or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel like he thinks I would be helpful in that work. So he wants me to stay here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think most people uh, respect the fact that I've chosen to live overseas and are really supportive of that. And I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I'll say, yeah, in general, the person who originally inspired us to do this episode, you know, one of our listeners, she was really frustrated because she's lived quite a few places um, in Southeast Asia and now she's coming to Nepal and so she was saying that, you know, a family friend had told her this as she's prepping to come to Nepal, like it wasn't worthwhile of her time or something, right? Mm. And it just kind of made me think that it's easy for us to get angry or at least annoyed at people who ask us questions like this. But I do think that it's really, we can let our ego slip into it really, really easily. Mm. So it's good to remember that not everybody is going to understand you. Yeah. Not everybody is a millennial. It's hard to imagine <laughs> the world that baby boomers grew up in, you know, like yeah, how true. vastly different 
Mm-hmm. The entire purpose of their life and what their parents were telling them was important and mm. what their career needed to look like. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you guys are moving overseas and you get this question, try not to be bitter about it and try to understand where they're actually coming from. And yeah, and sometimes it's like, like you were saying, big of people who are actually kind of looking for you to help them. <laughs> with something that's happening within their own life so right yeah well and i think you know sometimes when you get asked a question that that makes you react negatively that might be a sign that you need to assess that in yourself mm-hmm. like if i'm annoyed that someone's asking me this maybe that's a sign that i need to make sure that i have a good answer yeah why am i moving overseas am i doing this for the right reasons is this actually a good choice for my life? Yeah. And hopefully it is, or hopefully in assessing that, you'll realize maybe it's not the right choice. But Yeah, because you will find out very quickly. So the sooner you can do that, the better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard a really good quote the other day on a podcast I was listening to, and he said, when you're offended, it's a clue that you're stuck in your false self. Mm. And I think just the idea is you're not like solid in who you are. You're trying to be someone who you aren't. And maybe getting a question like this and feeling offended means that there's something else going on that you need to make sure that you're living in your truth and taking the steps that you need to be taking. Yeah, dude. Boom. Take that, listeners. Mm, mm, Got real deep. (laughs) And with that, shall we move on to our segment of the week? Yay! Okay, this week we're so excited. Our segment is Mailbag. Thanks, listener, for sending us this message. I love getting your messages. I especially get a lot on Instagram, which makes me really happy because I love Instagram the most of all social media. So you guys know how to get quick responses. (laughs) Sometimes it pops up on my phone and I'm like, I could answer it now, but that's not playing it too cool. (laughs) So then I wait a couple minutes. (laughs) But I'm not cool because I just told you guys that. So anyway, yep. Sorry, there are so many freaking street dogs outside my window right now. You're just getting a realistic picture of what it's like to live in Kathmandu. (sighs) Too many noises. I'm overstimulated. Okay. Anyway, so somebody, yeah, somebody sent us a message on Instagram and she said that she was moving to Kathmandu, I believe. And she said, I heard that somebody received a care package, but I have heard that you can't really receive mail in Kathmandu. Is that true? What do you say, Big? I say it's 30% true. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've probably gotten like two thirds of the packages that people have sent me. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's expensive to ship stuff to Kathmandu. And yeah, it's a little bit unreliable. So maybe you don't have someone ship you like expensive electronics. <laughs> but, you know, if they're just going to ship you like fun snacks and nice cards or something. Yeah, I think as long as you're willing to take a 30% risk, <laughs> you're probably fine. Yeah, I would always say, especially for like, letters or cards or something like that like Mm -hmm. you can definitely try to send it but 
take a picture of it before you send it because it might not get there. It's more likely that packages would get here than cards. But you know what I've discovered is if you send it registered mail, Mm -hmm. then letters and cards will arrive. Mm. So I feel like cards and letters are far less reliable than packages just normally. But if you pay the extra like eight bucks to send it registered, then it will 100% arrive within like a week. That's so freaking expensive. I know. My, I have a friend that we're pen pals because we're elder millennials, I guess. Um, but yeah, he, when he sends me letters, it's like $12 of postage. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. But I think it's oh. worth it because I love his letters. Yeah, it's all perspective, but don't send me letters anyway. <laughs> I once got a wedding invitation six months after they got married. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible ah. i love that it still actually came like, i know it did was it just sitting in an office in india for months and months yeah. like i want to know the path of that letter it was like on some uh what do you call that like mail worker put it on their fridge and then they're like <laughs> well i'm tired of that time to send it on now <laughs> have i told the story about one of my friends got a package And it was all intact, except her mom had included homemade cookies in it, and the cookies were gone. (laughs) Someone had opened it to inspect it and was like, ooh, cookies. (laughs) (laughs) I have heard plenty of stories where somebody has gotten cookies sent to them, and rats got into the package and ate them. Oh, yeah. All Mm, the time. That's depressing. So sad. We're really, we're instilling some very conflicting messages within this response. We are, yeah. Sorry about that. Well, I actually, I'll tell you what I heard. So my mom went to ship me a package and she was talking to the guy at the post office and he told her that, so this was in the States, that it seems like when packages are going to Nepal, if they get routed through China, Mm -hmm. they definitely arrive. Mm -hmm. If they get routed through India less likely to arrive yeah but you can't control how they get routed to come here so it's like you just watch the tracking number and you're like oh no (laughs) people love sending care packages though so Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like i think it's worth it i mean i love getting care packages if you tell them the risk then you can let them decide that's true yeah leave it up to them my mom sent a package and she spent so much time and energy and money to be able to send this Mm -hmm. and then it never got here and that broke my heart and so i was like don't don't even bother nobody send me packages anymore yeah but one way of getting around that um if you have people in your life that are desperate to send you packages and you're nervous that it's not gonna arrive we kind of do this in our organization is we all know like when people are going to be traveling to different countries so like (laughs) i wanted something in nepal and my mom had it in la and she actually mailed it to norway and my friend who was in norway got it and then brought it to nepal (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so like Uh, having friends courier stuff to you is a way easier and more reliable way of getting mail that's so true and every expat is like I mean, sometimes you don't have room in your luggage, but it's never going to be offensive to be asked mm-hmm, to bring something mm-hmm. back because we all do it to one another. One time I was in the States. If you're flying from the States, you get two suitcases. So I told people, like, I have a whole suitcase. I'm not going to bring anything. And everyone asked me to bring them different stuff in the <laughs> States. So I had a 50-pound suitcase full of stuff for completely for other people. It was really fun, actually. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like Santa Claus coming in. And people asked for the funniest things. Someone asked me for a three pound bag of pecan nuts. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I want to make pecan pie. I'm like, okay. (laughs) But yeah, so anyway, our answer is you can get mail. It's a little bit tricky to get pick it up and stuff. But especially now that the big post office has moved somewhere and I don't know where <laughs> it is. That's true. We don't know where it is. <laughs> if you do get a package and you need to pick it up, don't ask us for help. <laughs> it's out of our hands. Oh, man. Okay. Well, thanks again, listener, for writing in. And to everyone else who has been writing in, we love hearing from you. It's so fun. And yeah, if you want to find us, we are at Big White Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. You can just Google us and find our podcast website. You can email us at bigwhitepodcast at gmail.com. And you can make a fire and send us smoke signals, but we probably won't see it. You can send us a letter. (laughs) We'll get it in one and a half years. (laughs) That'll be great. Okay, well, it's been great chatting, but I think I'm going to hang up now. I think it's time for me to go. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Yep. Okay. So I'm just, I'm going to put the phone down now. I'm going to hang up. Okay. I'll put my phone down. Okay. Okay. Talk to you later. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Bye. Great. Okay. All right. Okay. Cool. Speaking of millennial travel, there's probably about 30 millennials on the plane that's completely (laughs) stopping up all of the airwaves right now. Get out of here, millennials. Go back to your home country. There's plenty for you to do there. (laughs)